Welcome to Two Lit Mamas, a kid lit podcast for parents, teachers, and writers. I'm Heather Kaufman-Peters. I'm the mother of one teenage boy. I'm a preschool teacher and a writer. And I'm Margie Ozemet, mom to two boys, a middle school teacher, homeschooler, and a writer. Welcome to the 37th episode of Two Lit Mamas, and it's part two of our holiday gift guide. Ding, 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 ding. That's my bells again. I was going to get them before, and I forgot to get them. Do you want to sing jingle bells really softly in the background while you read? Go ahead, go. Okay. This episode, we will cover our recommendations for Board books, picture books, and chapter books. If you, oh God, it is <laughs> I'm not done yet. Okay. If you have older kiddos, you might want to check out the previous episode 36, our holiday gift guide, part one. We covered book choices for eight to 12 year olds. And today we're offering choices for zero to seven year olds. That's right. Zero. We said zero. Babies need books too. So we have uh, all of your little ones covered. And I'm just going to say the YA crowd does not need us at all because they have their book talk and they're very good. I just had my niece here this weekend. We went shopping and she just gets all her recs off of book talk. So yeah, plus we're just not cool enough to go to that. Like we're too old and not cool enough to be YA anymore. That's right. And it's some of it's too much for dirty. (laughs) Some of it's a little dirty. I got (laughs) to say, I mean, I like a little trashy, but I don't know. Some of it's a little trashy for me. All right. Anyway, we know that you are all tuning in because you are dying for more of our opinions. <laughs> because I think our opinions are really important That's and our right. opinions matter because we come in my from opinion, a place of our knowledge. Our opinions are important. In my opinion. Yes, that's exactly. In my opinion, our opinions are brilliant. So there we go. But you don't have to take our word for it because this time we have an expert on hand. My dear friend, Rebecca Mullen is here. Rebecca is the author of board book, One Tomato, a garden county book. Um, I love One Tomato so much. Every kiddo I've given it to has been completely entranced. It's a hit at the preschool. I'm telling you, it's adorable. The art is bold and the rhyming story is charming. Rebecca, you can probably talk now. I'm sorry. I have like a whole long thing to say about you because I know you way too well. So go ahead. If you want to say hello. <laughs> yes. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thanks for joining this crazy show. Um, yeah. So Rebecca and I met in Indiana when our kiddos were in preschool. Now she lives in Wisconsin with her four fab girls. Oh my gosh. If anybody, her, she has the best girls in the world. I love her girls. My oh, son can marry any one of her girls. I tell him that all the time. And <laughs> she, she also has a husband, you know, he's great too, but that makes her, I was just going to say, I'm sure there's something wrong with me because she's the second BFF who moved say, away from me. You like must have abandonment did. issues. I do have serious abandonment issues. Thank God for technology. You can bring us all together. We can have <laughs> wine time like this. This is nice. We should. <laughs> is, it t- is, it, is it you or is it Indiana? Let's just start there. Like, what's the, really the reason that we all leave? Is it, It's not you. <laughs> just think well, about that. I was like, do I need to shower more often? I don't know what it is. but You yeah. need to move too. You should join us. You could go somewhere warm. Rebecca and I would both, I, let me, I don't mean to speak for Rebecca, but <laughs> coming from New England and Wisconsin, I think both of us would love to visit you somewhere nice and warm and tropical. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. I have to consider that. I do love Costa Rica. That's one of my favorite places. No hablo espanol. <laughs> you don't have to there. They're wonderful. Anyway. Okay. Let's see. Where are we at? Um, okay. I, I have a very important topic to discuss oh, before sorry, we sorry. get started on this holiday okay. theme. You go. Okay. First of all, I need to know, Rebecca, this is important to know whether you can join our friends and family okay. circle here at Tulip Mamas. Where do you stand on when your Christmas tree goes up? Because I have some issues. Oh, my Christmas tree. Mm. Are you a before Thanksgiving or an oh, after Thanksgiving? Heavens, no. Heavens, oh, no. Good no, girl. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. No, 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 no. All on the same train. 
Last year, I think we got it up the week before. Which we is, did too, but know, that good. was drastic times. It was drastic yeah. times. Yeah. The week before yeah. Christmas so. or the week before Thanksgiving? The week before Christmas. Oh, right. Oh, okay. oh good girl. Go ahead yeah. with yeah, yourself. Yeah, the week before Christmas, we ended up getting to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the week before Thanksgiving. And I'm like, that's okay. Last year, it was COVID. And I do not start shopping until, you know, December 20, sometime in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. You better watch it because yeah. that supply chain is going to get you this time. So yeah. they say, I don't believe you it. you believe it. Yeah. I don't know. We say shop local because they got to have some stuff, right? I mean, it's already yeah, there. Exactly. I don't think they'll be there. It'll be all right. I've just been seeing all these people on Instagram putting up their Christmas trees. And I'm like, are no. you drunk? There no, are, no, 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 it's no. still two weeks before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving needs its time. That's I'm a little right. concerned about this. I know that it was very hard for me to get into this whole holiday mindset to record these episodes, mm-hmm. but we also knew it was really important because you got it. Some people do like to shop early and there is no worse feeling than when you go into that bookstore and you're like, I have no idea what to buy. So that's why we're here for you. But um, don't put your Christmas tree up early in America, no. international listeners, whoever you are, besides my sister-in-law in Turkey. <laughs> Um, please. We have one international listener. <laughs> she doesn't really speak English. So it's great. Speaking of sister-in-laws, one year, my sister-in-law was so excited. She was hosting Thanksgiving and she wanted to have her Christmas tree up because nobody ever gets to see her Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. So she put it up early and my son accidentally fell into it and knocked it over and broke her <laughs> Christmas tree. Oh, well done. <laughs> well my done. My husband had to run out and get her a new Christmas tree on Thanksgiving day. So yeah, we, I'm not a fan of early Christmas <laughs> trees. Yeah. <laughs> Scarred for life. Well, plus you guys have all your birthdays too. That kind of yeah. like puts a damper on all your every. It's so weird that you all have birthdays in the same month. It's just it weird, is. But. It's a lot. We are all December birthdays and Christmas. Yeah. Um. I have one more tale to share. Share before we go on. I I had to call Heather with this tale, but Rebecca, I feel like I should share this okay. with you. So this past week was my anniversary. Mm-hmm. And it's our 15th anniversary, right? And I was yeah. like, my husband is this crazy Turkish guy, and he doesn't usually get like life sometimes <laughs> or, or like when you should buy a gift and when you shouldn't and what a gift okay. would, a good gift you know because it's, it's he always claims it's a cultural thing but he's been in America for 15 years come on girl yeah but anyhow I was coming home the other day I dropped my son at school the older one and then I had to go to the dentist which is always a horrible way to start your day and then I had to find out I need a root canal and then it was this and then it was that I was like this really horrible yucky gray morning right and I'm like well this is gonna suck so I pull in my driveway, which is this long, winding driveway. It's not something that you just would come down if you don't live there. And um, this car pulls in right behind me. And it's this little white car. And I'm like, what is this? Who's behind me? And then I get a, si- a glimpse of the side. And it says Mary Maids on the side. And I'm like, oh, Ooh. my God. He got me Mary Maids for my anniversary. What an amazing yeah. gift. That's so brilliant. And I'm so excited. And I'm like thinking, okay, well, I didn't clean beforehand, but that's okay. They can start downstairs. I'll go upstairs first. The whole plan in my head, right? Because yeah. I'm psycho. Mm-hmm. The woman rolls down the window. And she, I was like, hi. And she's like, oh, yeah, sorry. Wrong driveway. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, I was like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. and my husband was standing there and witnessed oh. this and he was laughing. He was like, Oh, that was harsh, huh? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was really harsh. Yeah, oh my I think it's funny because the maid was apologetic, or the she was, yeah. she felt so bad. Yeah. She's like, I am she so knew. sorry. She because I did, I'm like, I thought you were my anniversary gift. She's like, No, but here's my number. Tell your husband to call oh, us. Right. <laughs> There's always next year. Aw, 
anyway, that's how my week started. That's how my week went. So Aww. hopefully, hopefully things will go better. But should we get on to our, our topics at hand? Okay, let's get started. So is everyone ready with your book recommendations? Um, Rebecca, you have some board book recommendations for our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. You get to go first since you're our guest. You ready? <laughs> okay. Well, I hope so. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, I just love board books because, of course, they're durable, they're affordable, and just the right size for those little hands. And I love them so much. I wrote one myself. So it was kind of difficult for me to um, come up with just a couple favorites from the 2021s. Um, But there were two in particular that really stood out to me. And the first one is The Lovely Haze of Baby Days by Lindsay Keller Madsen. Yeah. And I felt uh, when I read this book that I could really relate to every line. Um, You know, as a mom, you can think of, such the fun parts of having a newborn, but also the not so fun parts of newborn care. Oh my God. So true. (laughs) Right. But you never see that in books. You never see that part. Um, So one of my favorite lines from the book reads, tummy time makes you so sad and I need rest that I haven't had. Isn't that fantastic? Yes. So real. So yes. Such a sweet book. Um, but but a real portrayal of motherhood, I think. Is the book kind of like from the mom's point of view or from the parents' point of view? It's talking to the child, mm-hmm. but it relates to the mom, which is just okay, so unusual cool. in a board book. I think it would be a really good one to give to a new mom. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And the second one I chose is The Night is Deep and Wide by mm-hmm. Jillian Z and illustrated by Sue Todd. And the reason I chose this one is because the artwork is so eye-catching. Uh, it's made with linoleum carvings mm-hmm. and it's all in black, white, and then red painted over the top. Um, the illustrations are so beautiful. I would hang them on my wall. That's neat. And what's it about? It is just a very simple bedtime story. Um, but I think that the real, um, the real key to it is the the illustrations. Mm -hmm. Isn't there something about black and white together that's supposed to be like stimulating for like really young babies? I feel like it's been so long since I've had one. Thank God. And I will not be having another one (laughs) ever. But I feel like that was important, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you see the board books with the real chunky like shapes in black and white and um, just real simple. But this one has taken that idea of the black and white illustrations and made them so incredibly beautiful. So I've, I've never seen anything quite like it. So that's why I chose this as one of my picks. Can I jump in though? I have a question. Sure. How do you pare it down? Like you have a story like in your book that you wrote, right? How do you pare it down enough that you feel like you're still telling the story? Do you start with like, can you tell me the process of writing a board book? Because it's different than a picture book because you have very limited space, right? And you have very limited imagery. You have very limited words that you can use and you only get what is, is there like, it's like 10 pages, right? Right. Well, in fact, that's very different too, because picture books, as you know, are almost all 32 pages. 
And so they're almost all written for that 32 page. I think that's still the case. Is that right, Heather? Yeah, that's still the case mostly. I mean, they have longer ones and shorter ones, but it's still 32 okay. is pretty standard. Yeah. It's standard. Yeah. Well, board books, there's just like no standard. There's 10 pagers. There's minus 14 pages. There are eight oh. pagers. There are 20 pagers. I mean, it is just. It's like a free for all out there. It, it, it really is. It's a free for all. Yeah. So they're all different um, uh, lengths. But then, you know, to get into the technical part of it, when you find a publisher, usually a certain publisher has a link that they work with. Like, I wrote the book, I wrote One Tomato originally to be 10 pages long, but the publisher who accepted the manuscript, they only do 14 page board books. Oh. And I said, oh, well, can we just do a 10 page? And they were like, oh, no, uh -uh, that will not work. And they went through the whole technical reason of exactly how they, their printer packs the books and they put the, the size of the book and the pack of the book and the size of the case carton and the quantity that fits into the shipping container. And like, there's just no way you just can't. They were like, Oh no, no, no. It has to be 14 pages. I'm going to need two more potatoes to go yeah. with your tomatoes. If that's the case. Exactly, Thank you. Exactly. So they said, we will print this, but we're going to need four more pages. Of course I said, okay, I'll get you four it's more really pages. really interesting. Yeah. Well, and it, it's something you don't think about because like word books are their own world mm -hmm. that are. I never, I don't know much about it. That's why I was like, I, give me more, give me more, tell me more. That's why I was thought it was really interesting. Right. I didn't realize that there was, it could go any amount, any length or anything. Right, right. And it used to be like when Heather and I, when our oldest were young, what was that, 15 years ago, board books were either reprints of picture books. Think of like Goodnight Boom being reprinted as a board book. That's exactly what I was just thinking of, because that's what I got for my son, who's like, that would be 14 years ago. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Right. So that would be like, they were either reprinting picture books or the board books were very simple, um, like the black and white ones that you were, yeah. that you mentioned earlier. They were just those two. There weren't books that were actually being written and produce just to be board books. Okay. And so it's just in the like the last 10 years or so that publishers have said, oh my goodness, this is a great market. Let's actually write and create books for board books. So they actually started accepting manuscripts and ideas for the board book format, not just for a picture book to be reprinted as a board book. Well, and also um, board books play such a vital role because now they're talking about how babies' brains from zero to five, yes. it's like such a vital time in their life. And so the more words they hear, the yes. more advanced they will be even when they start kindergarten level. So everybody should have board books, yes. I mean, for their baby. Right. It's funny that you say that because like my older son, my older son was born in Turkey and we were there until he was too. He had so many board books that were all words and pictures, Turkish words and pictures, Turkish, oh, okay. like the Turkish. And then sometimes I think we had one that was even like, this is how you say it in Turkish. This is how you say it in English. Let me tell you what, I learned a lot from those books myself, but um, that's everywhere you went because the Turks are not really a book loving society overall, as much as some other cultures, but for board books, they are. Every kid has yeah. a gazillion board books. You get those with baby toys. It's just considered a baby toy. 
And it's all just like vocabulary, basically, and pictures that go with the colors. And we had one that was colors. We had one that was vegetables and sebze, meze, all the different vegetables, all the different you know categories. We had board books like that because that's what you stuffed in your in your bag in Turkey. Well, at least where we lived in the city, you just tied the baby on and were gone. It's not like I love like Americans that have these giant strollers with like 16 bags full of entertainment. But you just took books. That's what we always took. You got, you know, like you threw it on your backpack. You had the baby on the front, your ba- the backpack on the back. You had a few books and a couple of diapers. And as long as you had your boobs, you're fine. You know, you're going to be good to go. So I love that that's becoming the way it is in America. Like I said, it's been a really long time since I've had a baby. So I didn't know that was a whole new, a new switch over. That's awesome. Finally, yeah. everything's easier yeah. now. Look at these new moms. They got all the perks. Except they get everyone to criticize them now online. We didn't, none of us had to deal with any of that. None of those mommy groups online. I mean, it's nice that they can talk, you know, mom to mom about stuff, but then they also have that aspect. Although I think they're starting to cut down on that. Are they? Yeah. Moms are nicer to each other in general. I think I feel like teenage moms, not teenage moms, moms of teenagers are the nicest moms to each other because it's just such a horrendous time to parent. Like it is the worst time to be a parent. So we're much nicer to each other because we all know that we're going through hell. If we have a hormonal teenager, I understand you. Well, that was awesome. Okay. Thank you. I'm sorry. I kind of got us off the rail there, but I I wanted to know more about this whole picture book thing because um, a a board book has more to it. And I want to know a little more. So thank you. I feel like smarter. Yeah. And there are a lot of them are really more geared to four and five-year-olds even, you know, you'll find ones that you might pick up and think, oh, this really doesn't work for a two-year-old, but they're really geared for those older ages. Well, that durability factor is huge for an older kid. Right? Yes. I would have been drawn to that too, because my kids were destructive. My kids are destructive still. Mine too. Yeah. And the pages are easy to turn for little hands. Right. And we have so many board books that have gone through all four girls and they still are great, you know, and then they're less expensive. So you could buy a couple board books for what you can buy one picture book for. Oh, they are less expensive? A lot less. Oh yeah. yeah. My book is um, $8.99. Wow. Yeah. They're quite a bit less expensive. They're going to last longer. Value. Love it. Yeah. So Rebecca's recommendations were The Lovely Haze of Baby Days. That's so cute. By Lindsay Keller Madsen and The Night is Deep and Wide by Jillian Z. And then, of course, One Tomato by Rebecca Mullen. And oh, can you tell us a little bit about your book, too? Because I, I love the story. I do, too. It's And I love the art. I love the art. Oh, thank you. Yeah. My niece actually illustrated the book. And it is just the experience of a child walking through and picking vegetables from a garden. So it starts with one ripe tomato and then works through all the vegetables in the garden. And then in the back has a counting page where you can see them all. That would be really fun to do like with some um, some homeschool stuff to you for, for young, really young kids, like some three, four year old kids that are kind of tagging along to homeschool to be able to do different activities with the actual vegetables and kind of some role-playing with that. And 
Oh, I could think of all kinds of things you could do with that. It's so layered too, because there's really fascinating insects and different animals Uh on the pages. So if you have a little bit older child, you could talk about that. And also there's a fun dandelion game. There's a dandelion hidden on every page. So I love that part of it too. So it makes it interactive as well. You could do vegetable printing too. Oh, let's go. Let's go steal some young children somewhere and we can all have a good time, girls. Just, we'll just keep them for for a little (laughs) while. We'll just, then we'll send them home. That's why I have the preschool. I love to go play. And then I get to come home to my cranky teenager. (laughs) God bless you. Okay. Awesome. Well, Heather, you've got some picture books, right? I do. Because that's your jam. Because you spend more money on picture books than anyone in the history of the world. My husband will agree with you there. It's pretty bad. I'm really surrounded by piles of mostly picture books right now. And a sizable middle grade piles now too, but... Um, yeah, so picture books are larger than the board books that we were just talking about. Um, they're, they're usually made with like paper pages, and they're for kiddos ranging from three to seven. And there's kind of a new trend also to do like more in-depth picture books for older kids. Mm-hmm. All the way up to middle school. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah, more complicated topics. I think it's kind of neat because those are really helpful in the classroom because you can cover a topic in a shorter amount of time with a picture book, but get the same kind of story out there. And they're great for reluctant readers. Well, and middle schoolers love to be read to. People do not understand that, but they still love to be read to. And a picture book is a great way to do that in class. I used to do that with my middle schoolers in science classes all the time. It, it, take mm-hmm. a concept that was hard to comprehend and, you know, like go back, find a picture book that like, even if you're talking about something like the water cycle or something, um, a fictionalized story about a drop going through the water cycle. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, okay, I get it. But they're not going to pick that book up themselves and read it because they're way too cool for that at the age of 13. Right. And picture books are all about the visual. Mm -hmm. So if there's, you have a visual learner, you know, obviously that makes it a lot easier for them to understand what's going on. So yeah, it's great. All right. So my first recommendation is Inside Cat by Brendan Wenzel. And this just came out this year. Um, Wenzel is a Caldecott winner for his other book called They All Saw a Cat. I think I like this one even better. It's so great, Inside Cat. So I shared it at preschool and the kids were completely enthralled with this book. So Inside Cat is about a cat who sees the world through windows. And there are wonderful contrasting words like thin and wide, upward, downward. So each page is just like four or five windows spread out and the cat is seeing different things through the windows. And then there's so many fun descriptive words like bubbly and streaky and active verbs, lingers and laps. And the rhyme is just so pleasing. There's great repetition, which is so important in picture books. Um, But the highlight is really the artwork because the images through the windows are really bold and bright. And then inside where the cat is, the other object, the cat itself and the other objects are sort of muted and sort of almost even like rough draft looking like sketches. I definitely think this is a great book for like the three to five preschool crowd. So much fun. And that's called Inside Cat by Brendan Wetzel. Is the cat angry? Wait, let's go back no, to the, the cat. cat. Is the cat is angry? Happy. I feel like he might. My my inside cat's surly. That's why I was wondering. Oh, I know. Oh my gosh, I've heard so many crazy stories about inside cats right now. But yeah, um, no, it's just having fun, imagining what is like. You have a snapshot of an image, a small shot of it through the window, and it's sort of imagining what is happening beyond the window. It's really cool. It's, I don't know how to describe it. It's like the cat's it. looking out the window. Yeah, but you're inside with the cat. So you're just getting the snapshots. And then there's like these images of like sketches that sort of extend what is happening outside the window inside. 
So it's like imagining what's going on. So the, so the pictures themselves have so much extra stuff to look at, even though it's just windows. Okay. I'm really liking this. So cool. I, I, and I, the three to five crowd, that's where I fall with my reading levels sometimes. So that's good. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And it's about a cat. So inside cat. I like that. Inside cat by Brendan Wenzel. Okay. The second book, and I, I ended up with a bunch of books, of course, even though I told everyone to keep it simple. Um, the next book is a rhyming book. Um, and this is totally a self-indulgent on my part. It's called Phoebe Dupree is coming to tea. And you guys, I know that people can't see this, but look at that cover. It's It's got a little girl with a red bun and a little girl with like this ginormous Afro. The tea is getting poured for her. The little girl with the red bun is is pouring the tea. It looks fabulous. Um, P.S. I love a rhyming book all day long. Yeah, rhyming books are fun. And this one's just really cute. Um, So it's about about Phoebe Dupree, obviously, is just very cool. And the girl who has invited her over for tea is really nervous about her coming. Like when I came to tea at your house that time? (laughs) (laughs) And so she's got some hostess anxiety happening. (laughs) And it's so cute because all everything goes wrong. But then of course, Phoebe Dupree is so cool that she just rolls with it and makes it even more fun. So it's just the cutest. The name like Phoebe Dupree, how could you not be cool? I know. I know. And I love this book too, because it also kind of starts like right when you open the book, like, you know how sometimes on the title pages now in picture books, they're doing that where it just starts right in. And the first page is an invitation to Phoebe for tea. And then it just starts right in with the story. It's so cute. You know what I love in a picture book that you see sometimes they do now. And it's very rare is when they do a drawing that's vertical and takes up two pages. I don't know why, but I love that so much. I would, there was like an old Mo Willems book that did that the first time ever. And I was like, this is groundbreaking. Like it was the, it was so cool to me. I love that. Yeah. We did that in the kids magazines a lot. We did like these huge, like infographics that went the other way. They were always really fun. Let's see. And the next one I have for you is sort of a historical fiction one. Cause you know, I got to squeeze some historical fiction in and I think Rebecca, you turned me onto this book. Okay. Yeah. It's a vote for Susanna, the first woman mayor by Karen M. Greenwald. And it's illustrated by Cyan James. Um, this picture book is for slightly older kiddos. I would say probably like five to seven. Um, it's set in 1857 in Kansas. And at that time, women had the right to vote there for municipal elections. Now that was something that a lot of the plain States did early on before women could vote in order to attract women to come to their States or the area territories. Hey girls, come on out to the middle of nowhere. We'll let you vote for some things. It's great. Well done, men. Seriously, though, because nothing is settled unless there's women and families there. Well, you're not going to have a settlement for very long if you don't have women. (laughs) Exactly. We're kind of really important. (laughs) So states did a lot of that kind of stuff um, before women even had the right to vote nationally. Anyway, so this happened in Kansas and in the town of Argonia, there were some men who didn't think women should be able to vote or participate in elections or run for office. So they thought it would be a big joke to put a woman on the ballot. They thought that would be so funny, but the joke was on them because she got elected and she was a really good mayor. (laughs) 
So as Susanna Salter was elected mayor and she was an excellent mayor and she became the first woman mayor in the U.S. I mean, this is like a great story. And she probably still did the laundry and did the cleaning and <laughs> cooked dinner while she was running the whole town because that's how we do things. That's a given. And she probably complained about it a little bit because she was tired, which I get it, girl. I get it. But. And that sounds like a fabulous book. Yeah, it's even better because the picture book is told from the perspective of a grandmother and she's sharing her memory of this event with her grandson. And it has an awesome twist ending that I'm not going to ruin for anyone, but it's just such a great book because it's it's interesting how you can take a story that is about adults and basically for adults and how do you turn that into a picture book? But I think Karen Greenwald did such an excellent job of giving the still having the childlike perspective because the grandmother is there and she's telling the grandson and I think they're baking together while they're talking about it. And so it has this really fun element going on that is in the background. Wait, she's telling her grandson this story. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I love. I love women's history being told to boys. I love it. I love it. I love it. Instead of just this sort of typical, let's empower girls with the history of, of, of women. Let's also make sure we don't forget to tell the boys so that they don't make the same mistakes of the, their predecessors. And even though this is sort of an imagining of what might have happened, it is based on actual facts. And the author did talk to the family and got some of the family stories. So it's really cool. I like that. Really cool story. Yeah. And the pictures are great. A vote for Susanna, the first woman mayor. I like that. Yep. That's a good one. Right, by Karen M. Green- Greenwald and illustrated by uh, Cyan James. Awesome. Go That's on. A good one. one more. Give us another great. one. I got one. Okay. I got one more and then I'll shut up. <laughs> um, how to change the world in 12 easy steps. Rebecca, again, you brought it to my attention too. Yeah. Okay. So this is by Peggy Tierney. You want to tell us about Peggy Tierney a little bit, Rebecca? You know her better than I do. I don't think so. And in fact, you know, I told you about this book and it's so funny. My coffee hasn't arrived yet. So I've actually never seen it. I just got mine. Is it hot off the presses or something? (laughs) Yeah. Hot off the presses. I just got my copy. I don't know if it was last week. I was trying to remember, but it's pretty recent. It might even been like this week right before we were doing this, but um, so yeah, this is written by a fellow Hoosier. Actually, she's an East Coaster turned Hoosier, but we'll claim her. Her name is Peggy Tierney. And then we run away again. (laughs) Run back to the East Coast. (laughs) Yes. Well, she's fantastic. She runs Tanglewood Publishing and they're known for The Kissing Hand. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone knows that. Oh my God. Everyone knows that one. Anyone that's ever sent a kid to kindergarten knows that one. Yeah. And um, more recently, though, she has been uh, working with a really amazing woman um, to put out. They just put out a YA book called Surviving the Angel of Death. And it's the true story of a mangled twin in Auschwitz. So Eva Kaur is the name of the woman. She built an amazing museum in Terre Haute. And then there was a play and she did this like. I think it was in conjunction with the book. There was like, you could go in this room in the museum and the kids could ask this guy who was a survivor. And it was all through her foundation, through the uh, Mm -hmm. Ava Core foundation. You could ask them like hundreds of thousands of questions about what it was like to be in Auschwitz or Mm -hmm. any of that stuff. And it was all set up for her anti-hate campaign. Awesome. Oh, yeah. And Ava, so Ava was a twin and they were experimented on, you know, those horror stories you hear of World War II with Mengele and all the stuff he did. That was her and her sister. Mm-hmm. So she recently 
passed away, but this book, so she had been working with Peggy and they had been traveling all over this, I don't know, probably country. I know they've spoke several places around here, um, talking to kids about how to, how she coped, you know, all of her experiences in World War II, how she coped, how she learned to forgive. So this book is, it's, again, it's called How to Change the World in 12 Easy Steps. And it is a picture book, but it just includes really simple but effective um, things that kids can do to help them kind of um, understand how one person can change the world for the better. And this is all inspired by Ava Kaur and the advice that she would give to kids when she would meet them. And it's very simple stuff, just like, like give your parents a kiss and a hug. That would make my world a better place. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my kids to stop sleeping with me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're the opposite end. Trust me, you will miss them. Oh, yes. You tell me that. But still, (laughs) you tell me that. Um, Another one is if you see a piece of trash, throw it away. Just all these very. I like this. Give me more. Give me more. Give us another one. Um, Let's see. Sorry, I'm flipping through the pages here. If you see someone sitting alone, invite them to join you or go sit with them. Unless they look creepy and you're in a bar. Then maybe not so much. Well, I hope kids wouldn't be in a bar. Um, if, if someone's being bullied, stand up to the bully with them, but don't bully the bully. I Ooh, thought that was some good, a good advice. One. Um, everyone is different except people for who they are. Anyway, I don't want to give away the whole book, but it's got great, simple, simple advice that empowers kids to make the world a better place. Plus you can do that. It's like, like make a whole, if it's, if it's in a classroom too, you can make a whole thing out of, you know, like just doing better. Oh, doing kind acts, random acts of kindness. Yeah. Yeah, Try each one for a day or a week or whatever. That's a, Mm -hmm. that's a great gift for a teacher. Oh, for sure. You know, Mm -hmm. and even like at the preschool, we used to do simple things like send, make cards for people at a nursing home and yeah. mail them or drop them off, you know, stuff like that. That just makes somebody's day a little bit nicer. It's like when you're in line at Dunkin' and someone pays for your coffee, it exactly. makes your day better. And then you're like, oh, crap, now I got to pay for theirs. <laughs> and the <laughs> person behind you, you're like, God, why did you have to get all that? They like a dinner for four <laughs> back there. You know what, though? Sometimes you just have to accept the gift. That's because we can't accept the gift that That's you feel true. like you need to pay for the next That's person. True. You just have to accept the gift sometimes. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that next time I'm in, I'm at Lion and Duncan. I'm sure it'll go over great out here. What do you mean you're not paying for my coffee? What? What's wrong with you? Awesome. Okay. So those are all the picture books I had here. I can list them again really quick. What I have Inside Cat by Brendan Wenzel. I think I'm going to buy that for my cat. Jengus will like it. Phoebe Dupree is Coming to Tea by Linda Ashman and illustrated by Aaliyah Marley. And that came out this year too. If you love tea parties, that's a great book. A Vote for Susanna, The First Woman Mayor by Karen Greenwald. Um, and illustrated by Cyan James and How to Change the World in 12 Easy Steps by Peggy Porter Tierney, illustrated by Marie Letourneau. Uh, Sorry. I know that name, too. I should know that name. Anybody from the 80s. And Don't 90s say that. Yeah, Turner. right. Mary Kay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's like a whole bunch of mo- like people under the age of 40 that are like, who is that? <laughs> Yeah, maybe I should say it one more time so we can just take that part out. Illustrated by Marie Letourneau. Okay. It's really hard not to say Mary Kay, though, isn't it? It is really hard. (laughs) Okay, let's see. Last but not least, Margie, you have chapter book. Yeah, I just have to say, though, I want to, like, both of you guys, I want to thank you very much because I, like we all know, I spent my whole life in middle school. I continue to spend my whole life in middle school. Um, And 
I hate picking out picture books because for some, I don't know, it's just like I'm overwhelmed when I go in and I look at picture books and board books, there's just so many options and I don't want to sit there and read them all. And I don't want to like, sometimes you get halfway, you bring them home and you're halfway through and you're like, Oh, that stinks. So I really appreciate those. I love the choices. I love a little throwdown on them. It just gives me um, like a jumping off point. So I know what to look for. So thank you. Thank you. Book nerds. We're all together. All right. I am going to give you some chapter books. I'm actually going to give you like almost 40 recommendations because each of my little series has like eight of them. And that's how I do math because we're working on multiplication tables right now with my little guy. So chapter books are like the next step. So if you, you started with your board book, then you have gotten a little bit bigger and you're listening to everybody's reading you picture books. And then you're ready to like sort of move into your own reading and you're moving to chapter books. So that's like, I think second, third, fourth graders um, before they're kind of ready for lower middle grade, mostly seven to nine is where they fall. Um, And they are sort of Ideally, they were supposed to be. I this is my take. They were supposed to be this like you can sit down and devour it on your own. I have a very reluctant reader, and we devour them together. And I find just as much enjoyment in good chapter books now because the world of chapter books from the time that my first one was who's five years older was reading chapter books versus now has changed dramatically. And they're mm-hmm. really interesting. Instead of all just sort of like uh humor, they were all very humor-based and not a lot of illustrations before. Now there's some really great themes. The characters are deeper, the thought process is a little deeper in the in, but there's still a lower lexile so that they can read them on their own if they're a good reader, if they're a strong reader. Or if you want to read them, like we'll read, I'll read a page, he'll read a page, I'll read a page, he, re- he reads a page. And that's kind of how chapter books are. They're kind of good for that. And I, I enjoy them. I remember reading, I mean, I read chapter books to my son when he was in kindergarten, you know, because yeah. they were right at that. He was interested in them, like Magic Treehouse. Yeah. We blew through those like before he was even reading. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter books are fun. Yeah. So don't get swayed into that sort of thought process that that they're for the kid to read on their own. They're not, that's not necessarily true. It just gives them a little bit a little bigger bite of, of a story. Um, and it might take you like, sometimes it'll take you a week to get through them at night. If you're reading two chapters a night at bedtime or whatever, but it gives them a, it's also great for their development because they have to hold on to it. Okay. Well, what happened the night before when you were reading those two chapters versus, you know, and they're not really ready to move into like a good meaty middle grade yet. So it kind of gives them a little bit, a little baby steps up. That being said, I'm a big fan of chapter books and there are not a ton of really epic ones, but in the last year, since I noticed like last year, remember I was complaining. I was like, there's just not a lot. We've seen, there's been a lot come out in the past year. And um, so I want to give that, like, that's, that's it. Somebody's listening to us. I believe that the, I mean, I think it's Simon and <laughs> Schuster. They're like, I love those lit mamas. They're fabulous. Let's do what they say. See you, Simon. We see you. Uh, you too, Schuster. So I think they're listening to us. So there we go. So my first one is my first series is called the Secret Explorer series. And I found this one at the library. You know, my librarian, you know, I love that girl, my librarian mm-hmm. and I, Rebecca, my librarian and I have bonded substantially because we are here in Massachusetts, but somehow both of us ended up married to crazy Turkish men. And um, so of course we have a bond. So she, when she says, I think you should read this, I always, I always know because I know we have the same taste and we usually do. And so this is called The Secret Explorers by S.J. King. It's a series of eight. And 
if you have a kid that was into the Wild Kratts, you guys remember Wild Kratts? Yeah. The mm-hmm. television show Wild Kratts? I love that okay. show. It's very Wild Kratts-esque. I, I feel like my older one is like, mom, this is like the Wild Or my younger one is like, I, you don't tell me it's from the Wild Kratts because I'm too old and too cool for that. But it is. It's like the Wild Kratts. So this is, there's a, this there's eight books in this series. We're currently reading The Plant Poachers, The Secret Explorers and The Pant, Plant Poachers. There's these kids and they all, they're from all over the world. There are, I think there's six, eight kids. There's eight kids. They're from all different countries. There's Kiki and Tomiko and Gustavo and uh, Chang and, and Ollie. And they're all from all over the world and they all have okay. a specialty, right? They're all like nine. Because of course, you know, everybody's a genius when they're nine and they all have a specialty. Like there's a history explorer. There's a dinosaur explorer. There is a mechanical explorer, a botany explorer. And when the signal goes out, just like on the Wildcrats, when the signal goes out, they all have to go to this lair and then they they get the mission. And whoever the the two people are that can solve that problem get sent on the mission. So right now in our book, the two people that are on the mission are the history explorer and the, the botanist, the botany explorer. So it is so awesome. These two kids get sent through this like spaceship kind of thing and they end up in South Carolina and they are one's from England and one's from South America and they have to stop a group of poachers who are stealing Venus flytraps and it is hilarious and I love it and and it is so good it's just like a great little story and I can't tell you what's happened yet because we're not done I don't know how they're going to get them but they like stake them out in the forest and and every little thing that your kids might think are going to happen they've covered it in the book. Like, oh, don't worry. We've, they sent food in our package from the from the, the truck or whatever. They always have all the problems solved. There's like the comet collision where they send two kids to stop a uh, comet. There's the uh, lost whales. They send out the marine biologists and they, you know, like they have all these great things they have to do. It's fabulous. And that is, there's eight books. Did I mention that? Um, so if you like it, you can start anywhere because they explain everything. You could, we're on the eighth book. We started on the eighth book. Now we're going back to read all the other ones because we really like them. But but those are the Secret Explorers series, and they're really fun. And the Lexal is pretty pretty good. It's right, right about second, third grade level. Easy peasy. Um, the second series I found is the Ninja Kid series, and it's about Nelson the Ninja, and that is by An Do. And An Do is a Vietnamese-Australian comedian who has, like, a ton of books out in Australia, and he's been picked up by Scholastic, so they're starting to make their way this way. And they sound absolutely hilarious. The first three of this series are available so far in the U.S. And there's eight books total. So they're coming. If you like the first one, get the first one. I don't know if you, the third one is sort of like, you might get it by Christmas. I think it's stuck. You know, those all those boats that are sitting in California. I'm pretty sure the books are on there. So you might get it. You might not is what they're saying. So, um, but Nelson is the, he isn't the, he's not fast and he's not brave and he's not strong, but he is the self-proclaimed nerdiest ninja. And I feel this deep in my soul. I am too. Me too, Nelson. Me too. So he wakes up on his 10th birthday and he has perfect vision and he has all these ninja skills, but he still can't figure out how to get his underwear on the right way. So he's literally the nerdiest ninja and he has to like solve all these problems. But yet at the same time, he's still a dork. I'm like, I, I, I understand. I see that. I see you. I am you. And that's the Ninja Kid series. And they're the first three, like I said, you can get the first three online and the rest of them are coming. And they're by, by Ando. 
And he is a, did I say, he's a Vietnamese Australian comedian with a lot of books out. And he's also got this series of books for older kids called Weirdo. He's got a lot of great books. They look hilarious. You know me, I love a good, a good comic series. My third series is another great one. And all three books are available right now. And these are really look great for reluctant readers, especially boys, um, because, you know, we have a lot of reluctant boys. This is called J.D. the Kid Barber, and it's the J.D. the Kid Barber series by Jay Dillon. And J.D. is a third grader. And it's the night before something really big is happening at school the next day. And his mother literally massacres his hair uh, like I do to my kid on a regular basis. And he tries to save his look so he can like save face and go to school cool the next day and he realized he's got like mad clipper skills so he becomes a barber a kid barber and um he learns how to do fades and he's 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 epic so there's three books in that series one is called jd and the great barber battle um he the jd and the family business where he joins the family business and jd and the hair show showdown and he goes to a hair show in atlanta they look so great they have great illustrations um and they're just perfect for your little third grade nugget that's maybe not a great reader but they look fun they look super fun the last one i just i just want to read this book so bad there's a series called the pug who wanted to be and I love a good pug book, P.S., because I used to have a pug and they're just so fat and angry. And I feel like maybe we're soulmates. I don't know. Um, I have this fantasy about when I'm an old lady, I'm going to have a pug that like bites everybody that comes near me. Yeah, I had that in grad <laughs> school. He was and people, I would take him for a walk and people thought he was a pig. But and then he got angrier <laughs> and he wouldn't walk upstairs. He's just angry. And I'm like, mm, this makes me love all pug books. This is a series of books and they're all, there's a ton of them and there is a ton of them coming out right after Christmas. So you could get a few of them for your little readers now. And then maybe like, if they like them, you could kind of parse them through the year. There's like a Valentine's day one coming out. There's a, I think there's a St. Patrick's day. So you could use them as, you know, you know, you got to find those little gifts. There you go. Mm-hmm. There was the book called the, the pug who wanted to be a unicorn, the pug who wanted to be a star and Peggy, the pug wants to be a, a, like a Hollywood star. I mean, they're hilarious. And these are by Bella Swift, which is um, you cannot find any information about this writer because it's somebody is writing these books and it's under a pen name. And it says that on the website, like this is a pen name. We're not going to tell you who this is. I don't know who this is. Oh, but, a committee. Right. Well, they're you know, brilliant. It's a committee. Like, oh, I, okay. I don't know, but whoever it is, is like, I have this, it's probably like somebody really famous who's like, no, but wait, I want to read books about a pug that wants to be a movie star. Can I do that? And they're like, yeah, just change your name. Thanks, Steven Spielberg. Go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably who's like writing they're too it. embarrassed to have Exactly. Their name right. Like that sounds ridiculous, but okay. <laughs> I mean, so, it's fairly common that chapter books are written by kind of like a group of people or something, and they just come up with a pen name. Right. This is, this is the Bella Swift. Yeah. First yeah. of all, the minute you look at Bella Swift, you're like, wasn't that the chick's name in like uh, that vampire book? Oh, Bella Swan. Oh, there we go. Okay. I was like, isn't that the vampire chick? Um, <laughs> obviously, I never read those. So, okay. I just want to read you the description because this is why I'm like, you'll want to read this too. So this is your one to buy for Christmas, right? This is the one, the pug who wants to be who wanted to be a reindeer. So here's the, the, the blurb. With only a few days before Christmas, Peggy's family is stressed out and can't seem to stop squabbling. Sounds familiar. Peggy desperately wishes she could turn into a reindeer so she could help her family find Christmas magic. She tries eating carrots, giving herself antlers and a glowing red nose, but nothing works. And the messes she makes only make problems and make more problems at home. Finally, 
Peggy decides the only solution is to go to the North Pole and ask Santa for help. What do you not want to read about that book? The only thing that's <laughs> missing is that Peggy is like doing drag. I mean, that's the only thing that would make that better, which kind of she probably is. She's putting antlers on and everything. Who knows? Like, is that drag? If you're a dog and you want to be a reindeer, it's kind of like drag. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. I mean, that's it. So that's the pug who wanted to be series and the pug who wanted to be a reindeer. I am expecting that in my Christmas stocking PS because I really want to read it. And my last one, I just wanted to touch on this one again, because uh, we suggested this in our episode when we were talking about uh, Latinx authors in October. And I, I kind of touched on these. These are the definitely Damangita series by Terry Catesis Jennings. This is the best. They, they sort of describe it as the Cuban American Judy Moody. And I was like, oh, I love it. So this Damangita, I kind of described these in the other episode, but I'll just quickly say Damangita is a giant book nerd, and she loves to go on these adventures that are kind of inspired by the books that she reads. So she's a, there's a modern day version where she decides she's going to become a, a like Don Quixote, and that's called the uh, definitely Damangita and the Knight of the Cape. Uh, there's another one where she finds a treasure map in an old library after reading Treasure Island, and she's uh, that's called Captain Dom's Treasure. And then there's of course there's Sherlock Dom which I think is pretty hilarious. So there's, there's like a four, three or four so far. I think the fourth one is about to come out. And that's the definitely Damagita series. And that looks really cute, especially if you have a girl that's, a, you know, really into reading older texts and kind of one that you want to tie those together or something. Or you, if you're a homeschooler and you want to tie a book together, you can read, there's great classic versions of like Don Quixote that are kind of brought down for a lower level kid. Read that book and then read the Damagita version. And you have a lot going on. So those are mine. Let me recap for you because I have the Secret Explorer series. That's the the science and kind of STEMI ones. Can I just say about that one too that I love the most? It is totally gender, like it's a gender free book, not gender free, but there's just as many boys and just as many girls. And every time they go on adventure, there's a boy and a girl main character. And you know how I feel about that. I get really tired mm-hmm. of all the girl heavy books. Um, there's the Ninja Kid series by Ando. There's the Pug Who Wanted to Be series, which is totally my jam, by Bella Swift, the Kid Barber series by Jay Dillon, and the Definitely Damangita series by Terry Katasas Jennings. I mean, if we could just do like a recap with like our 100th episode with all the names that I've massacred, I think it would be hilarious because <laughs> I have done a separate it. File. Especially someone like when you think about the names that I have in my family alone, oh, I should, I, I should be the last person who screws up names. But anyway. That's it. There we go. That's a lot of great books. Fun. Now go shopping. (laughs) That I mean, please go shopping, shop local, go to IndieBound. That's the one that hooks you up to independent bookstores. Bookshop. Which one? Go to bookshop. Go to bookshop. Bookshop. Yeah. Bookshop will hook you to that. um, It's the new kind of platform for that. Yeah. Bookshop. And then you can hook into any independent bookstore in the country. Awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) Shop local. We need yeah. them. All right. Are you guys ready to wrap it up? Let's wrap it up, girl. It's cocktail hour. <laughs> it's five <laughs> o'clock somewhere. Well, that does it for this episode. If you missed any of the titles of the books we've mentioned, don't worry. They'll be in the show notes as well as on our website. And we always post a blog about with all the show notes and everything. So you'll find that there at twolitmamas.com, T-W-O-L-I-T-M-A-M-A-S.com. Uh, before we go, I'd like to thank Rebecca Mullen yes! for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> if you get one book for the holidays, you should make it one tomato. And you should it's get so tomatoes good. to go with it. That would be nice. Yes. Theme gifts. 
little gardening tools. Wouldn't that yes. be great? Yes, and a little yes. bucket, a little pair of shoes. Little, it'd be perfect. Yes. Perfect. Great. Yeah, it's been fun having my two good friends together. I also would really like to thank Margie for spending yet another year chatting about books with me. <laughs> um, the podcast is, is really the highlight of my month. And so I have so much fun doing this and I'm glad we can keep it going. Thank you. Oh, that makes me happy. Thank you. Same, sir. Same, this girl. Because, you know, um, there's not a lot of adults that are like, hey, I read this great middle school book. You want to <laughs> read it with me? Um, yeah, that's when no. you know you found a sister, sister wife for life when you get that. That's it. <laughs> so I, I talk picture books with Rebecca and middle grade books with, with Margie. It's like the best company. It is nice, it. though, that, you know, we've merged into recently we've merged into cozy mysteries. So we kind of like skipped and moved right into our geriatric reading. So we'll be ready when we all go to Shady Pines. Rebecca, feel free to join us. I'm sure there's going to be room in the condo. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there. The condo is happening for sure. Right. Well, you know, Mike friend John will be there. So we'll have that. Golden Girls 2.0. Come on along and join us. It'll be great. <laughs> and we're also thankful to our loyal followers. Um, Margie and I, P.S., are going to take a little break in December. So we wish you a wonderful holiday and we will be back with you in the new year with plenty of fabulous new reads for the kiddos in your life. I think it's important really to just let's be honest about why we're taking a break because Heather wants to read smut during that month. I do. (laughs) She wants to read like Harlequin romances and she's like, okay, enough middle school. I'm going to need some smut. So we have to take some time off. So she has time for that. Some hardcore and what is it? New age, new age. Is that what it is? Uh, N.A.? What is that? I don't even know what that is. It's like a a step up from YA. I forget. Oh, emerging adult. That's what it is. Girl, you are not emerging. You have adulted for (laughs) mm, a few years. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's where the smut is. Apparently. I don't even know. That's how much I know about smut. (laughs) Right. I don't even know where to find it. It's terrible. It's terrible. We like murder. We got to murder. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Murder before smut. That's like, is that like bros before hoes? Yes. Like murder, murder before, before smut, smut, right? <laughs> my husband's a little concerned about my love of murder though, because now my little one's watching it with me. We were watching Dateline today in the afternoon by the fireplace. And he's like, what are you guys doing? And the, the little nugs like uh, watching murder with mom. <laughs> and he's like this murder with mom. this might need to stop like <laughs> no also really quick before we go rebecca has been so generous to offer us two freebies of her books one tomato so the first two people who comment on our episode blog post this week will receive a copy of her book and what what do we want them to say marty what do we want them um, to obviously share with you us? should say that marty's my favorite but you can't say that. You can um, say which is your favorite. You can say which book is your favorite out of actually out of all the ones that we talked about. What do you going to go by? Yeah. Or or from yeah. the year, you'll say, hey, I really loved this, you know, whatever book that we talked about through the year. And you should also say Margie's my favorite. I'm just saying. <laughs> and you can send us boxes of wine. Yay. Oh, hey. It'll be fun. It's a holiday season. Yeah. It's an exchange program. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a book for wine. All right. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Um, if you'd like to follow us, we're on Facebook under Tulip Mama's Podcast and on the Insta where I p- posted yesterday my obsession with bread making. And I also posted on there yesterday my very happy moment of finally being done with soccer for the season until indoor soccer starts again. So you can find out what's happening on uh, on the Insta with us at TWO Lit Mama's Podcast. Perfect. All right. Thanks for listening. 
Happy holidays. Bye. Bye. Bye.